welcome to the 243rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on July 26th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's not nearly as tired as I am, Carlos Rodella. That's true. I have a little more pep in my step, and you are a little uh, exhausted. I don't even have the step, dude, let alone the pep. <laughs> I'm just laying down right now. You're just a lump of a person. Oh, right man. Now. I am so exhausted. I don't know if it's the stars. Am I just doing I'm just doing too much? I'm not getting enough sleep. I don't know what it is, man, but I am, I am dragging right now, dude. I'll tell you what. I'm going to help you out because... Uh, part of my housekeeping, which I'm jumping right to, is just because I want to help you out with some energy, is I was going to give a quick shout out to Studio Digital Caffeine. Oh, snap. I can use a shot Twitter. of Studio Digital Caffeine. See, and, and you can have the shot of the caffeine part and maybe wake up a little. And I was going to say thanks for having my back about the pants, because if you don't remember last episode or didn't listen to it, I talked about how I never wear shorts. And I always wear pants, and so does Studio Digital Caffeine. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. I did see them pop up on Twitter, and they did validate your Never Shorts, hashtag Never Shorts uh, position, which I think is, is kind of weird. I, I wear shorts as often as possible. Not that I have great calves or anything. I just, you know, I like the ventilation, and I, you know, a little uh, airflow is good for me, I guess. But, I mean, you know, you want to wear pants, you know, you do you, man. That's cool. That said, uh, currently I'm wearing pajama bottoms, and so that is something also that I wear. It's a little more like light and airy. But are they full leg or are they short pajama bottoms? Oh yeah, they're full leg. What am I, a crazy person? <laughs> Anyways, anyway. that's like, there's some caffeine for you. There we go. All right, folks. It is July 26th. Astute listeners who are paying attention and keeping notes might notice that we are recording this episode. Really soon after we recorded the last one, that is with purpose. Um, you may remember from the last episode, we mentioned that I was going to be going back to Los Angeles to uh, do some movie work. Uh, I talked about it last episode. I won't get into it now, but um, I will be away from the Game Connection West studio for a couple days, and it's going to conflict with our recording. So we're getting this one in the can now so that you guys don't miss an episode. By the time you hear this, it'll be Friday, but it's actually Monday for us. So we are in the, the timey-wimey time loop. And we will have to figure out what we're doing for next week. I will be in L.A. Carlos will not be in L.A. So we're going to see what we're going to do. I'm going to try not to skip an episode. Maybe we can do like a remote one. I don't know what's going down, but we'll figure it out. But right now we are recording a couple days after the last one, which is kind of weird because it's usually about, uh, you know, seven days or so between times that we record. Does it feel weird to you, Carlos, to talk to me again so soon? Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like because when we have these podcasts, they're pretty long. Even though we say we're going to do a short one, we usually end up doing like almost two hours or more. Um, so I think we just, it feels like we just talked because we did. Feels like we just got off the phone with each other and now we're back on the phone with each other. Yeah, it is a little bit strange, but we're going to just power through for the sake of the listeners. That's who we're here for, the listeners. So let's proceed with this unconventional recording. Uh, let's just, just do it like we normally do. Um, I have no housekeeping this week, Carlos. Are you got any housekeeping? I have a few things. A so few things. Will, okay. Yeah. All right. A few things. I will elongate the episode. Is that the correct usage? <laughs> that is literally yes. Elongate is the it's the correct. I love word. whenever I use a word on this podcast, and I immediately ask you if I'm using it correctly. Yes. It means I'm not very confident. It adds words. kind of like a little seasoning to our chat. I, I always enjoy these new creative spins <laughs> on the English language. It just livens things up for me. I love it. Well, that's that's me. I make a, a creative 
change of the English language uh, on the fly. Uh, okay, so the first thing is uh, Netflix mentioned on an earnings call that they're going to be doing video games. I heard that. Uh, yeah, and I've, they've already done interactive type games. Uh, what's that one that was done by the guys who did and gals who did? Um, the Black Mirror one. Like Black I know. Mirror one. Yeah, yeah. Bandersnatch. There's, a, there's Bandersnatch. a bunch of those. There's that one. Um, that guy, Bear, Bear Grylls, is that his name? The survivalist guy? He's mm-hmm. done a series of those where you watch him and he's like in the jungle and he's like, Oi, uh, you got to choose the gun or the knife. What do you choose? And then he like you you, you choose like one you like you push a button or something, and then it goes to that thing. So it's like a oh, I didn't know he did those. Yeah, there's a bunch of those, dude. If you dig for them, yeah, for sure. So they're doing video games, uh, like proper, like full on, and it makes sense, right? Like uh, they already have a bunch of eyeballs, a bunch of subscribers, and the rumor that's going around is that they're going to work with PlayStation. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean. People have tried this before many times. I mean, granted, the t- technology is better now. Netflix is huge. Although it's interesting because I constantly hear about Netflix being in trouble financially. Like they they have the business, but I guess they're not making the profits or whatever. And they invest a lot in their original programming. And I always hear that they're always like barely making a profit, sometimes not making a profit. So it seems to me like where are you getting the money to do all this from? Because video games is no small potatoes. Like it takes a lot of money to play in the video game arena. And I'm kind of wondering... Are they willing to go all in? Are they going to dabble? Like, what's going to happen here? I don't know. And also, I don't know what that means. Even though I just said it, like, I don't understand, like, working with PlayStation. What does that mean? Is that unique, specific games that Sony, you know, makes or, like, um, publishes just for them? You know, or, or like, what does it mean? I mean, I don't think anybody knows anything right now. But I got to say, I mean, just thinking about this for two seconds, as we do. I mean, we're not professional analysts or anything here. But... You know, like, look at Xbox, right? Xbox is making strides, uh, big strides, and one of the biggest strides, Game Pass, right? Now, maybe it's not your favorite thing in the world, but I love it. And I know a lot of people are really, really hyped for the Game Pass stuff right now. It's huge. It's a great idea. And a lot of people in shorthand discussions will describe Game Pass as the Netflix of video games. Like, in fact, just the other day, I was talking to somebody who hasn't played games in many, many years, but they were interested. And he's like, well, you know... I've seen the games. It looks cool. The graphics are amazing, but I don't know anything about anything. What, what, you know, what console do you think I should get? And I'm like, you should get an Xbox because it's got Game Pass because that is the Netflix of games. And he's like, oh, like you just say Netflix of games. He like he immediately knew what it was, right? Like he got it. So with that in mind and seeing how far ahead Xbox is getting with Game Pass, it kind of makes sense that maybe Sony realizes they have failed to do this on their own a couple times. They have not gotten this service off the ground, despite many years, probably millions and millions of dollars of investment. Maybe they're going to be like, well, maybe we can't do it, but Netflix can do it. So maybe we'll have the Netflix of Netflix of games. I know. It's just so weird because they can obviously, they can technically do it themselves, right? Like they don't, they do have a, a huge subscriber base they of do. their own, right? Yeah. Right. And I don't know what Netflix would bring besides customers because to the experience, it might be even more difficult if you're playing it through a browser and you're using your PlayStation controller, you know, maybe there's delay. Yeah. Like it just seems like yeah. there's a lot of negatives to go that route. So again. I mean, agree, dude, agree. I mean, I just, I feel like it's weird. I don't, I love Netflix. I watch Netflix, you know, multiple times a week, right? I'm sure a lot of people watch Netflix, but I have no desire to go to Netflix for games. I kind of wonder, are they going after that? percentage of people who are savvy enough to get netflix and who like to stream but who are also interested in games but not interested enough 
to get a console, but maybe they yeah. do. You know, like there there must be yeah. a wedge of people out there who are okay with Netflix, but not okay with PSN or Xbox. Like I I wonder how big that slice is and and how actively they would be into games if it was brought to Netflix. Well, what's the uh, streaming service that, that Google did that just failed? Stadia. Stadia. Right? It's still a thing. I mean, I think we kind of forgot about it, but it's still there. I think they are officially like closing it though. I might be wrong. I, I don't know. I didn't I hear do that, but I know I know nobody really talks about it. But that's that kind of same. I feel like that's the same kind of sort of target market, right? You have like a, just a browser-based type system. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. anywho, we will stop talking about it because we have no other information. But just Pure do your own at this point, yeah. Google research. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, last thing I'll just say really quickly is, you know, it's a pet peeve of mine, and it's, I'm getting it in a soapbox for a minute. But all the cyberpunk videos that go up on YouTube. A lot of them are, you know, are intriguing to me because I'm still very, very interested in the DLC. And when uh, the new stuff comes out for it, I want to know about it. But there's just so many videos being made every week that are like the same exact headlines, you know, like fans are furious about this new thing that CD Projekt Red did. Or like, you can't believe it's still not finished or whatever. Right. It's like all old news and they just make it sound like it's new news. Sure. So pretty frustrating. So I, I was scrolling through all of them uh, and mad about it. <laughs> you were and then I actually, scrolling. Yes, that was doom scrolling. And then I finally found one that actually is interesting information, which is uh, the DLC, some of the very, very early DLC, which is like extra missions within different parts of the city. That's actually in the game already. And PC modders found them. And they're able to play them. Hmm. Interesting. So it's not the full on like they're working really, really hard on like this, you know, kind of in-depth DLC. It's more like your starter DLC, like just more missions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's just frustrating because that is something I am frustrated as a, you know, cyberpunk fan because I can't having a console, I can't even access them. Uh, and it's it's also weird. It's like when you build in DLC on a disc. Remember we had that discussion oh, sure. years ago? Oh, sure. And you're like, well, then why isn't it just open to me now? You know, um, So it is weird because if it's such simple stuff, uh, maybe they didn't want to show it off because, again, it, certain builds like PS4 and Xbox weren't uh, good enough. But for me, it's really frustrating because obviously I'm Mr. Cyberpunk. And if I could have like, I don't know, four more missions, I would be really excited. So... It's just an, it's a, a little frustrating news for me. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, there's got to be a reason for it. Maybe they put the assets in there. You know, maybe the mission's not complete or who knows what. I mean, there must be some reason. Maybe they're going to tie those in to some other thing. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, they haven't exactly been really super forthcoming with a lot of stuff. And I know a lot of people are, are curious and hungry for more news. But we're just kind of in that lull where there just isn't much to talk about. You know, they're kind of working behind the scenes. They don't want to announce anything. And I know that people like you are very excited about that. But. I guess we just got to be patient, man. Me and millions, and it's yeah. it is it was frustrating. We never mentioned it, but they didn't say anything at, at E three, and I was just it's just crazy to me because like just mention the PS five and Xbox Series X update date or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's because they got burned the last time they've said anything, but you can't just stay in fear, you know, of like the bullshit, like uh, whatever it is. Internet, yeah, maybe they're ma- maybe they're saving all up uh, all their juice to make one like really big, bold announcement, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they want to make a big statement to kind of refresh people's minds and, and get people excited again. And, uh, you know, maybe they're saving it up for some huge, you know, if they come out now and they're like, yeah, well, we got like four more generic missions. And 
I know, you know, people who are hungry like you would want to get it, but like people in general would kind of make fun of them for that. Like, oh, all this time and all yeah. you got is four generic missions. Maybe they they want to go big, right? They want to be like, oh yeah, two new characters and a whole brand new arc and a new, you know, something large that people would be like, okay, cool. Maybe that explains why they've been quiet for so long. So, I so, get it. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but side note, I hate people in general. Then whatever 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 you just said. Just people in general would get mad at them. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, why is the hive mind, or not the hive mind, but, like, just the general public seems so um, quick to just turn on people. I mean, I that's know. why that's why marketing is a whole field, man. Like, you got to, like, you know, look at the public, you know, get the mind share, position your product right, you know, get the vibe. Oh. You know, it's like a whole thing, dude. It's like a whole industry. I know it's a whole th- I've worked in marketing. And there I you go. Know. Just answer your question. You know it, man. Okay. So, uh, to leave that topic... Um, uh, well, let's just leave that topic. Anyways. All right. Cyberpunk. I All still right. like it. Cool. Any other things in housekeeping? No, that's it. Just those two things. Cool. I have nothing of note this week. Just want to remind people again that our store shop is now set up and you can buy so video games, articles of clothing. I ordered my shirt. I know you did as well. Yep. Uh, and you can go to designbyhumans.com slash shop slash so video games to see our offerings. If you you know, buy a shirt. A little bit of that comes to support the show. If you want to send us a picture of you wearing a shirt, that would be amazing. Tweet us or email us or something, or, you know, just let us know if you got a shirt, that would be great. So check it out if you would like. Yeah. Put post it on Twitter and, and uh, we'll do the same when we get our shirts. There we go. Yes, we will. Okay. Let us go ahead and launch into the main content of the show. I feel like this is going to be a shorter show than usual since we're kind of doing like a a midweek show here. Uh, But let's just put what we got on the table. Carlos, you downloaded a game called Raji. Uh, what's it called? Like, what's the full title? Raji and Epic Tale or something like that? Oh, man. Homework. Do we do it? No, we don't. <laughs> Raji game. Google. Raji, an ancient epic. An ancient epic. Okay. So this game is now on Game Pass. Uh, so, quote unquote, free on Game Pass if you subscribe to Game Pass. Uh, I played this when it debuted and it launched on PC slash switch um a while ago i feel like it was maybe last year or at least several months ago uh it is about i don't know it's like an indian or it takes indian folktale elements anyway i don't know that it's specifically a folktale but set in indian culture uh you know with those uh, thematic elements and such but i feel like it kind of plays kind of like a top-down god of war i i bounced off it pretty hard when i played it on switch so i'm very curious to hear what you've got to say about it now that it's on Game Pass and uh, the Xbox? What do you what do you think of Raji, Carlos? Yeah, I, I think it, it. I don't think it fits a Switch. Like some of these games, this is that style of like Diablo, uh, or what's the Tomb Raider game? It looks just like the Tomb Raider game, the uh, the top down one. I was gonna look it up. I forgot. There's a top down Tomb Raider, remember? And it was totally oh, different. Yeah, uh, yeah, the one where you play multiplayer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, those style of games, you know, uh, it's it's very much like that, and I feel like you need the full real estate of a TV for this game because it is pretty damn gorgeous. I'm playing on my PS4. I don't know if it's an upgraded PS5 or something, but it looked amazing. Like, oh, are really, you playing really on cool. PlayStation? I thought you got it on Game Pass. Oh, did I? Wait, maybe I am. Okay, yeah, I'm playing. But either way, I'm playing on my TV. I am playing on Game but Pass. But there is right? a TV involved. Okay, we've got that much yeah, confirmed. It's okay. my TV. Um, it looks great. And it is that style of game where it's top-down action-adventure game. Um, there's some upgrading, level upgrades to your weapons. And, yeah, it's based on, like, Indian mythology, but religion as well, and also just ancient, like, uh, Indian stories. 
so it's it's got some really cool um you know back back uh, back story and ideas and also it, a lot of the story takes place in these really interesting like puppet animations yeah they've got uh, like little shadow puppets on sticks to do some of their cutscenes. yeah yeah and that's a really cool way to tell a story and then when you actually get into the game again it's just like 3d top-down view action game um I, it really feels like prince of persia to me where uh the story by the way is, is a, a a woman and her brother and the brother gets taken away by demons as it happens you know as it as it normally as it happens, does yeah sure. as it does and then um she starts you know look looking for him but it's also kind of traversing the land and using her background as a carnival um, performer. So they actually, both of them, her and her brother, were uh, uh, growing up in the carnival, I guess. And so she kind of like uses her acrobatics. And I love the animations. Um, like I was saying, it looks like Prince of Persia back in the day. Uh, I guess they made new Prince of Persia's as well. But very acrobatic, you know, jumping around, twirling. And then she has this really cool like trident type thing. And she attacks with that. And you can upgrade that and give it like electric powers and stuff so as i got further in i played maybe four or five hours um you really do upgrade the the abilities to feel like a badass because in the very beginning you you know you're kind of like dodging a lot i don't know if you remember how far you got in it but i actually just replayed it a little bit before the show just because i wanted to refresh my memory a little bit so yeah i didn't i only played for like maybe half an hour but i put a, a, a couple hours into it last time i played yeah i think the two unique things i like about it like I like it fine. Like there's nothing I don't not like it. I didn't bounce off it. I'm still playing it. Um, it's not like it's not you know the biggest thing in the world to me. But if you like the Tomb Raider game that I can't think of the name of, something like Orb of something, Guardian of Light or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, if on. if you like that, you'll love this game. I mean, it feels like that. But I I think the two cool unique features obviously is the different stories uh, about you know ancient India, which is cool. To have representation, you know, hello. It's not just a white space marine. And then secondly, um, I don't know, again, how far you played, but they really use the environment to your abilities and attacks change based on your environment. So an example is if you see a pole, yeah, you can climb it, but you can also spin around it. And when you spin around it, it powers up your weapon to uh, stun the enemies. Uh, and then if you jump off of a wall, like parkour style, and then pick a different attack button as you're landing, it does another special move. So there's a lot of like just running around, jumping and attacking. Uh, I know that sounds normal, but the way that it's done, you know, That's there's funny. a lot of attacking in the game. But no, the way that it's done in this, again, the TV real estate, I don't think it works on a Switch. I couldn't see this really. That's probably the one of the reasons you bounced it but it just it's really cool because like i have this huge tv and and i see the, the little character she's jumping around and and i just it was fun it was relaxing hmm. in a way yeah i mean when i played it it reminds me a lot of old school god of war that's really the closest thing that it feels like to me although there definitely are some prince of persia elements in it for sure it looks way better on the xbox of course i mean and in fact i did i do think it's kind of funny that they launched on the switch and pc because i didn't play the pc version but I can only imagine it looked like miles better than the Switch version. Because the Switch version, you know, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't, you know, stunning either. And, I mean, I don't know how much real estate was being used effectively, but, uh, I mean, that was definitely part of it. It just didn't look great. Uh, so it definitely looks better on the Xbox. That is uh, no question there. But for me, yeah, I think, um, I guess, 
it just doesn't feel that great to play to me. I feel like uh, you're spending a lot of time fighting, and I didn't get super far into it. I think I got far enough to get, like, the next weapon. I don't know. What do you get the next weapon? It's like a sword or something? Or what is the second weapon you get? Do you know? Yeah, it was a sword thing, I think. Something like that. I mean, that's yeah. about as far as I got, so I didn't get super far. But I just felt like the enemies had, like, way too much life, and I got to a certain kind of enemy. Maybe it's been fixed by now, but at the time... Um, they were able to stun lock you like they would um, spit a, a poison ball at you or something like that and you get hit and you would not have enough time to get up by the time that they spit the next poison ball. So mm -hmm. if you ever got hit by one, like it was basically game over because you couldn't get out of the stun lock. And if there was anybody else in the arena, I mean, fuck you, because they're hitting you. You're getting hit with the poison and you couldn't get back up. So I hope that they fixed that by now because it was pretty bad when I played it on the screen. It was, it was like it was enough to make me quit the game, right? Like out of frustration. Hmm, interesting. I didn't have that that feeling, and I did see a lot of things being like projectiles thrown at me. I forgot to mention this. There is an element of sh like that shooter um, bullet hell style thing. Oh, it does yeah. happen. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. and and that was the only thing I kind of got annoyed by. Maybe that's what you're talking about because at some point enemies start shooting like things at you. Uh, and you're literally dodging those. Uh, that 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 didn't feel very fun. I remember getting stunned by some of those. Yeah. But again, it kind of encourages you to, con to continually traverse the area right. and be jumping and stuff. So again, going with the idea that she's an acrobatic, you know, sure, woman circus who was performer in the yeah, circus. Exactly. It just felt like that's what they wanted me to do. And when I did that, I just had a good time. Like, a, you know, and you have to want to do combat. Like it. It's not a story-based game. It's like an right, action right, right. game. So while there's a very interesting story to be had and a different one, I think that you go into this knowing like you want to play that style of Diablo game, but with like a lot of acrobatics. Yeah. And as I got better, I just felt more badass. And there's also puzzles, but they're super easy. So that kind of broke it up a little bit. You, you get to puzzles, and then you get some story elements. So I don't know. I think it's pretty great. Um, and I think it's really relaxing if you just want to go beat up stuff and do some acrobatics. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You know, I, I have to wonder if this is one of the, um, you know, examples of how I always say that a game is better, you know, six months or a year afterwards, I would be very curious. Um, I don't have the time or the interest right now, uh, to do this, but I would be kind of curious to go back to that switch version that I played when it launched and compare it with the Xbox version and see. You know, did they fix the stun locking? Did they fix, like, the life bars for the enemies? Did they tweak it somehow? I'm guessing, I mean, I, I would be pretty comfortable putting a 5 or 10 uh, down on the fact that you're probably playing a better version than I played back then. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. And a better looking one. I mean, oh, almost. Oh, granted, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, like, the, there's, like, rain and, like, raindrops on the puddles and stuff. It just looked really cool. And then also, I, I would say your rule might be right because it came out in October of last year. So that's not too far along ago, but it's also, I think seven months. Is that right? Yeah. That's plenty of time for them to patch and tweak and balance and fix for sure. For sure. Well, I'd say check it out. I'm still giving it a recommend over yeah. here. And if you've got game pass, uh, you know, no harm, no foul. You can download it, give it a shot and see if it clicks. Yep. There you go. That is Raji an an Epic tale. No, an ancient Epic, an ancient Epic. I went away from the page already. I don't know. That's Let's fine. We got to get it right. Raji an ancient Epic. And also, yes, thumbs up for the representation. I think that there's probably a lot of room for us to explore other cultures other than American Wild West and Japanese or medieval. So, um, uh, you think? Yeah, I think there's plenty <laughs> of room. If we get more, you know, stuff like this, I'm all for it. So, and yep. my, my complaints about the game aside, all for it. So, there we yep. go. All right, let me talk for a minute about Death's Door. Uh, you talked about the preview version or the demo version, I think, of this 
Yep. Um, when we did the Xbox Summer Game Fest demo thing, I downloaded it, but I forgot to get to it, despite the fact it was one of the ones I was most looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, duh, on my part. Uh, but it is now out. It is a Xbox slash PC exclusive, which I didn't realize, but it is put out by Devolver Digital. Uh, studio is called Acid Nerve, I believe. And this is the one, uh, oh, just to recap for people, you play a crow, or I guess a raven, perhaps, literally a bird. You're actually a bird with yep. a little sword on your back, and you are a reaper. You start the game in some kind of like weird black and white afterlife kind of a deal. And everybody yeah, remember there I told like, you about that? Yeah. I thought you would like it. It's like a noir yeah. style. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's very cool. I think it's very cool. Uh, so you start there, and your job is to collect souls. And when you go out into the real world, there's all these doors, which is where they get the name of the game, Death's Door. Uh, you go through these doors, dimensional doors. You get to uh, the world where your 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 target is at, and it's all colorful. Like it's all colorful and alive, and it looks different. So it's a pretty cool effect like that. Uh, it plays a lot like a top-down, kind of like a Zelda game, uh, but very streamlined, very quick. You have a sword to slash with. You soon get a couple of the weapons like daggers or a hammer or something like that. Uh, a lot of dodging, uh, a lot of uh, whacking guys and combos. You also have a bow and arrow. You get a couple of the spells for like ranged attacks. So the combat is pretty simple and straightforward, but it feels pretty good. You've got a dodge. It feels good. Combos feel pretty good. Uh, the weight and the motion of your character feels pretty good. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I feel a butt coming on. No, no, no. There's no butt. Oh. No, this is good. This is good. Wow. Okay. Um, and like, uh, and it's interesting because it's it's very streamlined in a very specific way. And I mean that there's not too many systems. You get a little bit. You you collect I don't know souls or whatever to power yourself up, and you get a couple different weapons. But like that's basically about it. So there's not a skill tree. There's not a whole bunch of stuff to futz with. So that's pretty good. Uh, you get into the world, and the world's art style is very also streamlined. It's lots of detail, lots of color. It looks really nice, um, but it's also it's not too cluttered. Uh, I know that some people, you know, get kind of carried away with the horsepower of modern consoles, but these levels are pretty clean looking. Um, visibility is really great. You can very easily see where you can go, where you can't go. Um, it's nothing is jumbled or too busy. I really like it. I, I feel like it's a, a distinct artistic choice that they're making uh, to keep it pretty clean like that. And I really respect that. I like it a lot. So that wait to, to that point real yeah, quick, you know, yeah. it reminds me of as you, as you kind of reminded me What's of that? that simple look, the, the original Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely some parallels for sure. Like how, clean, you know what I mean? Very simple. Yeah, very simple. And like, you know where to go and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Like it is, it is very simple in its design and its approach, but I feel like that is intentional. And these guys could absolutely add, a million lens flares, a million, you know, particle effects, or like, you know, they could add all sorts of shit in there, but they choose not to because they're going for a specific aesthetic. And I feel like it works. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very simple and clean and approachable. And I really like the way it looks. Um, it, the visuals are as simple as the gameplay is refined. And I think that's a great place to be. It feels like these guys or girls or uh, non-binary people or whatever who are at this studio are making these choices very intentionally. And I like what they're doing. Like, it feels like it's all on purpose not because they couldn't make you know more detailed graphics, they just chose not to, which I think is great. Um, the world is divided up into like three bosses. You got to go after these three bosses, and along the way, there's all these little puzzles, environmental puzzles, lots of combat. Um, so it's it's pretty straightforward in terms of like what it is, but I feel like the presentation goes a long way, and it just feels great. Like um, moving this bird around. Strangely, you don't fly, which is really weird. You just walk all the time. Kind of weird. You don't have a flying power, but. Um, it just feels good to control them. The combat feels good. Uh, like the challenges are all pretty, pretty good. You understand what you're doing. 
I haven't really gotten stuck at any point. The only, the only slight um, criticism I have of it so far is that there's no map. And, you know, we've talked about this many times in the show before. There are very few developers whose level design is strong enough to be able to get away without a map. I mean, like, FromSoft can do it. Um, I don't know, like, some people at, like, Sony can maybe do it. Naughty Dog, perhaps. But, like, not many developers are really that strong that they can, like, put a level out and you don't need a map. And this is a game where I feel like I need a map. They do yeah. a pretty good job of funneling you to where you need to go, which is great. But there's also little shortcuts. And if you die at any point, sometimes it's a little bit tricky to get back to where you were. The checkpoints are not nearly close enough. I wish you would just, like, start at the room where you died. Because there's no Dark Souls elements, right? Like, you don't lose your money. There's no corpse run. Nothing like that. So it's like, I wish they would just start you at the room where you died. Because then you could just keep playing. But instead, you go back to the last door that you came through. Which, I guess, is thematically okay. But sometimes, I'm like, wait, did I go left? Did I go up? And each chunk of level kind of looks the same so like when you're in the forest biome it all looks pretty foresty right like and so you're looking for landmarks and you're kind of like did i go left did i go up which way did i go and eventually you get there because the levels are not huge but honestly a map would be fine i could use at least an arrow pointer to be like point back to the place where you died i think that would be pretty useful or something like that but also just map in general because there's secrets that you will not find oh man yeah that is true that is true this game is yes right there's a lot of little teeny like uh passageways or there was like a ladder once and if i didn't go up the ladder because i was supposed to go i was being funneled another way if i didn't go up the ladder i wouldn't have went into this other thing dropped off this other place and went to a whole other part of the mountain to find a chest that i really needed you know yeah exactly yeah this game is full of secrets um, and that, to be perfectly honest, I'm not much of a secrets kind of a gamer. Like, I don't get a lot of pleasure from, like, searching for secrets or trying to find all 10 of whatever item or, you know, I would just rather just play the game and just kind of crit path my way through. And if I'm really having fun, then maybe I'll take a detour. But I'm not like a secrets kind of guy. Um, and this game has tons of secrets. So I feel like I'm probably missing a lot of power ups or I'm probably missing a lot of currency that maybe I could be finding if I was really combing the levels really thoroughly. But that's not who I am. It never has been. Um, but if you like a lot of secrets, this game's got tons of secrets like that. But a map, I think, would be great. That's probably my biggest complaint, just because I got lost a couple times. Just because I'm like, did I go east, west? I don't remember. It all looks kind of the same. But when I'm on track, I think it's really good. I feel like it's it's great to control. I like the theming. I like the way the character looks. It, it feels nice. The combat's nice. Design is nice. Overall, this is a great game. I think I'm going to go the distance on this one. Um, people tell me it's maybe like, you know, between 12 and 16 hours. And for an action game like this, I feel like that's pretty reasonable. So it's uh, it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, I'll probably jump back to it, too, because I remember uh, my initial uh, thoughts of the early preview was that I liked it a lot. And I was actually surprised because there are roguelike elements. Uh, but I, again, like you said, there's not corpse runs and you feel I don't feel like I like lost a lot. No, you know, you don't lose any progress. I mean, you have to you have to walk back to walk where back. you die. Yeah, but yeah, other yeah. than that, like there, you don't lose anything. You don't get set back. So it's definitely not like a Souls kind of thing at all. I mean, I know some people probably like reflexively want to call it something of a Souls-like. It's not. I don't really think that there's well, anything in common. I think that here's what I think it might be, and we didn't talk about it when you just mentioned it just now, is that there are definitely uh, sections of the game where you can't leave until you beat a bunch of people. Sure. And that's like, and if you die there, you're screwed. Like, you know, you have to do that all over again. Yeah. And it, it can be waves of enemies, which I thought was a little out of place for this game. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that last time, but there's definitely sections where it just like walls you off like a walled garden. Exactly. It says, okay, here's like seven or eight waves of enemies. And I thought that was a little much. 
uh, I did beat them, and I didn't like die too many times. But it was a, like you know, you really had to get all your faculties about you and like uh, get through all of them. So maybe that's part of it, and the fact that there's some difficulty spikes. I think. Yeah, I mean that is very that is that is very true. There, it's weird because you'll go through a certain couple sections where they want you to focus on environmental stuff, and so there's like keys or locked doors or maybe you know platforms or something, and that's all fine. You'll only fight a couple enemies. And then you'll get to like a regular open world section where you're like, okay, like the enemies go up, but it's like super manageable, like not even a problem. But then you get to like a boss arena and it's like you said, it's like, here's 18 waves of enemies. And you're like, whoa, yeah. this yeah. is way harder than what I was just doing. So they definitely do spike here and there. But I mean, so far I've definitely died at those, but it hasn't been like, uh quit and walk away. Like it's just been right. like, okay, two, three times. Okay. Got it. Like on the third time. or something. It's so. no returnal. Oh no, not even Da-da-da. remotely close. Yeah, exactly. So Overall, I dig it. I think it's really good. I think it's uh, probably a, a highlight of the year so far. Really well done. I just really respect the choices they've made. A lot of it feels so intentional and on point, and I'm just really digging it. So I uh, I like Death's Door. It's good stuff. It's one of the games that we both like on the show. Yep. the One of the very few. I know. We had to put the little asterisks next to those. <laughs> All right. So that is Death's Door. I'm playing it on Xbox. It's also on PC. Uh, there we go. Now, up next... A little bit of backstory, folks. As we wrapped the last episode, episode 242, uh, Carlos and I knew we were probably going to do a short show because I'm going to be taking off on a business trip soon. So we were like, okay, let's let's both pick one game and we'll just we'll just play this game all the way through. We'll do a deep dive on this game and that'll be the show. And we're both like, cool. We chose Last Stop from Annapurna Interactive. We love Annapurna. They do lots of really love cool Annapurna. stuff. Uh, last Stop. I didn't realize this at the time. But they are from Variable State, who are the developers who did Virginia. I think you already knew that, right? Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, you knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was really interested by Virginia. I think it's a very interesting game. I don't know that I like it, but I kind of respect it, even if I don't like it. Where did you land on Virginia, by the way? I liked it. I beat it. And then I felt like it reminded me, actually, of Twin Peaks. Because yes, yes, yes. it's one of those things where it doesn't tell you all the answers. Yep. And it's esoteric, right? Ooh, there's another word. There you go. That's a good word. Uh, and it fits. Um, yeah, and it's just like this kind of like scene. It's all like, a, what's that game I just played with, with the guy and you hitchhiking? Oh, man. The one where you get in the cars and you, you drive get in the around. car and, yeah, I, and yeah. you didn't like it and I thought it was pretty good or interesting. I do not know what that game is. I know Anyways, what you're talking about, but I erased it from memory. Sorry. It's that same kind of thing like where like it's it's kind of telling you thoughts and ideas, but it's not really, like, you know, the story kind of gets mung- mungled. No. Mung- <laughs> <laughs> no, See, the got, story does get mungled. I, I love that. That is, a, that is an excellent. Wait, wait. I mungled up the the word mungle, but you, I didn't. What? You meant to say mangle and bungle, right? And you, you bungle. Put those together. I bungled up the word. I like I bungle better. Mungle is better. Okay, I mungled the word. Hey, but you called the last episode what I the word I messed up too. Taggled. So. Taggled is good. I love Please taggled. call this episode mungled. Mungle <laughs> with ed ed ed. Okay. Let's yeah. That. Yes. So I mungled uh, that word, but there yeah. I liked Virginia. I thought it was weird. It was felt like Twin Peaks or David Lynch. And this, um, it doesn't feel the same. I, I have more problems with this one. I think. Let's yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it now. So you and I both played this, and the f- <laughs> the funniest thing about this, the thing that I thought was hilarious, we both went into this game thinking we were probably going to love it. We were probably yeah. going to go all the way, do a deep dive, maybe even a spoiler section. Who knew? And we were basically planning on focusing the entire episode on this game. Uh, I got about halfway and I texted you and I'm like, bro, uh, not really feeling this game. Do you mind if we bail and do something else? And you're like, same Z's. 
<laughs> yeah. I, by was, the way, I, I, that's exactly what I typed. Samesies. Yeah, samesies. Yeah. Yes. Literally that. So okay. So let's let's stop talking about it and let's talk about it. Uh, last stop from Annapurna from Variable State. Carlos, do you want to give the the capsule or you want me to give the capsule? You want to explain it? Or you want me to explain it? I mean, you're better at capsules. Uh, I'm, I'm right. shit so, at capsules. <laughs> capsule shit. Uh, so this game, it's hard to explain exactly what it's about, but it tells the story of three uh, different people, and each person has their own storyline. So when you start this game, you have to choose between three characters. There's uh, like, like, a, like a dad. There is a lady who at first I thought was going to be a housewife. She turned out to be a spy. And there's also a school-age girl, and this all takes place in England. Um, the whole game kicks off with a really strange opening where people are running through a tunnel, and at the very end of it, there's like this weird interdimensional portal, green glow, and it seems like you're in for some kind of a supernatural story. And then it pauses, and then you begin the game, and you get to choose between these three characters. Each chapter tells you one chunk of each of these characters' stories. So each chapter is one chunk of the first guy, one chunk of the lady, and one chunk of the girl. And then once you get all three of those knocked out, you move on to the second chapter and the next chunk of the story. Um, and you can do those in any order. Yeah, you can choose in any order. But you cannot, for example, you cannot choose the schoolgirl and do her entire story in a row. You have to like, you have to, you play all three and then do the next three and then do the next three. Yeah. So you, you got to do all three at the same pace. You can't finish one completely and then come back to the other two, which yep. I thought was kind of disappointing. But anyway, uh, so that's basically the game i uh as i just spoiled i only got about halfway through it carlos how far did you get into it uh yeah i was in chapter starting chapter three weren't you starting chapter three or i had just completed chapter three i was at the very beginning of chapter four there are six chapters plus an ending chapter so i was about exactly 50 percent of the way through the game all right so i was i was very close we're probably about around the same and i think um the only thing i'll say also about the the capsule or setup is that this third person story game it's almost just like an adventure game story game because like a telltale game sort of telltale game style yeah but you're third person so you're you're walking the characters around until they get to a cutscene where they're just going to do talking and you can make um dialogue choices so i thought as a positive i thought was really interesting is when you move the characters around you're usually just again there's no map but they funnel you to where you should go and i thought they did a very good job of that because i was like is this where i'm supposed to be walking to and then inevitably it was. And I was like, wow. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, that was interesting. It's funny that you like that because I actually thought that was really dumb and cumbersome. Well, I did like it. It's frustrating, but like I did go to all the places I was supposed to go. Sure. So that, they did something right. I mean, and how this plays out, like just to explain. So like, let's say, for example, you're you're walking with one of these characters, right? It doesn't tell you where to go. Like you're looking at a, a street street scene of London or something. There's cars, there's buildings, there's alleys. You don't know where to go, but I mean, sometimes they'll put a light or sometimes they will angle the camera in such a way as to suggest that you walk in that direction. And if you walk in that direction, then it all comes together. But there's a few scenes where I'm like, where am I supposed to go? Like, it's not clear and you can't go anywhere else. So you will eventually find where you need to go just by process of elimination. But I was often like walking into the side of a building. Oh, that's not where I got to go. Walking this way. Nope. Invisible wall. Can't go there. Which way am I going? Oh, okay. Here's the way. And it just was really cumbersome and often my character was like doing that weird animation where you're, you're just walking into something flat and your character keeps walking because you're going the wrong way yeah it just it didn't always work man like it's a good idea but it didn't come off all the way for me no and you're right and it kind of breaks the story because like you're in the middle of this like you know intense moment you're supposed to run home because someone's like looking for you and you're like bumping into a sign and you're like i think i go this way yeah um, so story-wise it's kind of weird but um yeah the other part of the story or the game itself is these dialogue choices where you 
you know, you have these stories that we'll talk about in a minute, and you're you're making choices for the character that you're playing at that time, and you know they're, they're interactive cutscene in between these moving around things. But what we'll what we'll kind of talk about now and probably at the end is I don't know if any of those choices made a difference. And this type of game, like you mentioned, Walking Dead, Telltale Games, it's great when it does make a difference because then you feel like you're actually having an impact on this, you know, story, especially when a lot of the stakes seem pretty high or kind of, you know, you get invested in the character. But it doesn't seem like anything you make choice-wise matters, correct? Exactly so. And that was really the thing that made me want to quit this game. It's exactly right. So if we think about Telltale Games, um, some are great. Some are not great, but I think I think most people remember The Walking Dead when that first came out. That was pretty landmark. Like that was a pretty amazing step forward for this kind of a game. Right. And I remember many choices in The Walking Dead, like season one or whatever, uh, where you'd be like, save this person or save this person. And you're like, fuck, I like both these people. I can't let either one die. Like you're totally feeling the stress of like this or sometimes um, you'd have three pieces of food, but you'd have five hungry people. And you're like, who do I give the food to? Whoever, whoever gets the food will probably survive. The people who don't get the food may not survive. Maybe they'll hate me. Maybe we'll get into a fight. I don't know. You know, or like, you know, do you close the window or do you lock the door when the zombies are inside? Like you fucking feel stress. And when you do those choices, like shit would happen, right? Like people knocked those games because you would eventually get to the end point. But it's like you have to be, I mean, you're making a thing, right? It's not real life. Like you have to, to program an end point. But in a game like this in Last Stop, you have so many choices of dialogue like you're you're the spy lady and you're talking to this guy or you're the dad and you're talking to your daughter. And like like you said, like no matter what you chose, it felt like nothing mattered. Like I could choose any dialogue choice. The story progressed in the exact same way. I didn't feel like I ever had anything of consequence. It was like, do I pick the blue shirt or the green shirt? Doesn't fucking matter when I'm talking to my, my daughter and we talk about what do you want for dinner? Do you want chicken nuggets or do you want fish sticks? Doesn't fucking matter. And regardless of what I chose the story just progressed the same way. So it felt like I might as well have been watching a cutscene the entire time because nothing I chose really felt like it mattered. And the only action was like walking from one scene to the next scene. So it was a really passive experience to which I felt like I had no agency and right. I might as well have just been watching a movie. I wish that I, you know, I, I think altogether it's probably like six or eight hours of gameplay. I mean, that's too long for a movie. I wouldn't want to watch a miniseries about this. But if you squashed it down to a two-hour movie, that probably would have been more effective. Well, think about it. It's it's broken up into chapters. And if you think about what Virginia was, it was very passive, you know. So I think it's just they had a larger scope. They had a bigger game in mind. They had a bigger story, which we don't know. And maybe we, one of us will have the uh, confidence to finish it or whatever. But... Like, you know, they had a bigger, like, series of stories to tell because they're quite different stories, all three of them. And it, it really is just that. It's almost like if you want that experience, then that's what this is. But it's not what it looks like it might be with the Choose Your Own Adventure stuff. There's no Choose Your Own Adventure. It's unless at the very end, like, something happens where I'd be surprised. But And also to your point of Telltale, like, there can be these Choose Your Own Adventure games, and there's plenty of them, where it isn't just about, like, living or dying. You know, right. Exactly. Like it could be literally like you change it. You pick that shirt. Like I picked the weird anime shirt for the guy to wear. And like it makes a, you know, it, it changes the story. Arc. Like people react to you differently, perhaps. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, in my opinion, because I'm not developing it and spending all my years on it it, it. it seems like an easy thing to do, but it's almost like it's just not what they were going for. So 
this is a story. Like it's a six, like it's a binge watching a Netflix show to bring that back uh, of this these three characters. That's what this is. Yeah, and, I mean, totally, absolutely. And to, to to the point of the story though, and why I also kind of noped out to use your term is one. These are some negatives. the The slang is pretty heavy duty. There's a lot of British slang. Oh, really? You thought felt like that was kind of throwing I, out. It kind of threw me off because I mean, like again, it's. It's you know it wasn't like something I was negative about, but they did. It just it seems like every sentence has some British slang in it. Um, but secondly, and more importantly, you know the first story is about an older guy who has some weird. All the stories are t- tinged with some sort of supernatural, right? Yeah, exactly. And so he has some sort of supernatural thing, and then so does the girl, and so does the woman. But all of them, just when I think like the next chapter or the the ending of the chapter is going to like make me really interested it didn't you know <laughs> and i was like oh no yes I, I don't i don't care like oh that's interesting because that one person's eyes are glowing oh and then what's that mean if they're you know the guy who's tied up and yes, he's quiet yes, yes. And all of a sudden he's loud again and now he does this really weird thing without spoiling it and then i still didn't care and i was like oh my goodness i should care by now yeah it feels that's, like that's the when stories. i was texting you i was like i don't think i care enough yeah they i mean off the first chapter I was kind of in because I wanted to see where it went, but then we just started spending time with these characters and I just didn't care. i just, you know, to use your phrase, didn't care because we just weren't getting to the interesting stuff quickly enough. And then once we got there, I just wasn't really caring about it. I mean, I wanted to get to the, the meat of the story uh, to see things happening. And it's just like, we were following these three characters who I don't really have any investment in and, and to make things worse, uh, the dialogue, we already said the dialogue doesn't feel like it has any impact, but also one of my personal pet peeves, and I, maybe you feel me on this one, is like when you're presented with dialogue choices, let's say you have three dialogue choices, somebody comes up to you and they say something and you can choose, you know, like the first sentence is like, yes, let's do that. The second sentence is no, let's not do say. that. Third sentence is I'm not sure. You pick one of those and the person says something completely fucking yes. different than what you chose. Yeah. If, the, if the dialogue prompt says, yes, let's do that. And then when somebody you you push that and it's like, holy good golly, yes, I'm all on board for like what? That's not what it you know. That's not what I was choosing to say, right? Yes, and more specifically, you'll say like it'll be like yes, I'd like to do that, and the character will be like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) it'll be like not even the actual sentiment. Yeah, it's it's so weird because many times I would choose a thing and it wouldn't come out the way that I thought it was going to come out. Yeah, which I guess it didn't matter because it doesn't feel like any of the choices really actually matter. But it's personally irritating. Just put exactly what the dialogue is. If you can't fit it, just put the first couple words. Let me choose exactly what I'm going to say, because otherwise I am watching this fucking non-interactive cutscene, pushing buttons to say things that I'm not actually saying for a story that I don't really care about. I mean, can you see why I fucking noped out of it halfway? Like, it's like yeah. you're doing everything possible to, to get me to not buy into this game. You're putting all those things together. That's exactly right. I'm glad we brought that up because that was the other thing that, yeah, just added to this. Like, if I'm not even making choices that matter and you're not even <laughs> saying the things I want to say, then what am I doing here? Yeah. And then Carl's puts the controller down and backs away from the game console. Um, I, I looked at a review on Steam and it said something very similar to us. Like, uh, nothing you do in the gameplay really has much impact and they finished the game. So it seems like uh, that is what we were thinking. And someone else says, make choices to shape their conversations, uh, walk in their shoes and discover where the individual sto- individual stories lead. I think that was in the description. So, I, again, it's just story. It's just yeah, kind of you're just, literally walking in their shoes and that's it. 
Yeah, but there, you know, there's there's a there's a craft, right? Like to tell a great story, you've got to get the 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 player or the reader or the watcher or whatever, like really invested, really interested, and you got to make choices that keep them in. And this game just did not, like, it just didn't get to where it was going fast enough. I didn't care, and it just like all these choices of, um, you know, like after I got to like maybe the second chapter, and I realized, man, nothing I'm doing is changing. Like there was one choice where it's like, hey, we should go um, do this really dangerous thing, and I wanted to pick nah. But none of the choices were not. Nah. You had to like you had to do it. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, fuck. Why am I even pushing a button here? Because you're you're not going to let me have any agency whatsoever. And if this was like The Walking Dead, you would have said nah, and you would have done something else, and you would have branched off like that. And I get that branching stories is probably ten thousand times more work than it seems like. I yep, realize that's probably really difficult. But if you're going to set out to make a game like this, you chose that, right? If you don't want to take that on. Don't make that kind of game, right? So, like, I feel like they kind of set themselves up for to shoot themselves in the foot because this has all the hallmarks of a narrative branching game and yet does not feel or play like it at all. It just it's very unsatisfying. It should have just been one word bubble with a button that says, you know, go go to the next. Exactly. Thing, just forward know? the dialogue. Don't give me a choice because that's really all you're doing. And then, unfortunately, that's the real culprit, though, or the real issue with me is even with those choices not making that much of a difference, like with Virginia or other things, I still want to see how it ends. But in this one, I didn't. Because I was like, you know, I, I didn't know if I should be like mad or weirded out or sad. You know what I mean? It presents so many emotions. I guess this is another negative. One more thing. <laughs> it presents so many emotions or like attempts at emotions that I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. And this is a terrible review. Because you're doing three separate stories, you have to jump away from that feeling. Yeah. Right? So there's one with, like, you you have a daughter, and you're an older guy, and you have a daughter, and there's a whole routine, and you're supposed to care about her, and she's uh, played by a good, you know, child actress. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, this is a cool bonding thing. And then it goes right to a woman who doesn't give a shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 like, the, 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 the girl who's, like, you know, staying out and hates her mom or her sister or whatever. Anyways... It just all was too confusing. Like I didn't, I couldn't get a grasp on anything. Well, and, and, so. and, and to even go a little bit deeper on that point, you just brought up, I'm really glad you brought that up. One thing that also really lost me was like, I was not finding the connection between these stories. Like I realized like there's like a green glow, like a green glow happens in all three of these stories, but the effect of that green glow is wildly different in all three of those stories. And in fact, I don't even think there was even a green glow in the, the, the middle story, like with the father and the daughter, you see that right away, that happens. But what happens to the father is totally different than what happens to the schoolgirl and the lady who's the spy. Now that I'm thinking about it, she didn't even have a green glow at all, so I'm not sure when that's going to come up. But there was no connecting tissue there. Like, I wasn't seeing how each person was interacting with the other. Maybe, I'm sure it comes together at the end. I'm sure it would be crazy if it didn't. But, like, I was more than halfway through the game and still not seeing a connection about how these these people, like, why should I care about these three stories? Like, why, how do they connect? Right. What is the ultimate goal? What is the, the, the thread that ties these people together? The only thing I could see so far is that the schoolgirl's mother was a teacher who teaches the son of the lady who's a spy. And one time the lady was a spy, was walking down the street, and the dad from the other story was sitting on a bus stop. Like, that was the only way I could connect them together totally who cares it doesn't matter at all like that's so tenuous and yeah. weird i'm sure it gets stronger at the end but it's like this story is just not being told very effectively and for me to take my precious free time and invest it in something like this i need something with more punch and more immediacy and this game just did not get there for me okay i'm gonna like we're gonna like push away the the 
the the the body of this game so we don't like punch it anymore um <laughs> and, and just say that yeah i think it is a, a non-interactive experience and i bet you at episode chapter five and six it comes together i'm sure i'm sure it does and there's some green glow that comes together and says people should be humans should be nice to each other or something <laughs> and i think it's a kind message it feels like that's what's yeah, gonna happen the real treasure was the friends we made along the way yeah exactly and they were green it, and, and they, they were glowed. very green yes, yeah exactly so that's the end of the story you don't have to play it but uh yeah it just didn't work for us but whatever there That's you go it. we gave it a shot we went into it with the best of intentions so. we really did all right that is last stop from annapurna i have nothing else for the show but carlos you got one more little little bit neo the world ends with you there's a demo is it up on what the switch where are you playing this demo on the ps5 ps4 okay cool i okay so i guess my first question is this is obviously related to the original The World Ends With You, which came out, yep. I want to say, on 3DS several years ago. Uh, is this the same game? Is this a sequel? Is it a remake? What is this game? Several, meaning like 10 or something. It, they came out, or 15. It came out many, many, many years ago. Many years ago. Uh, I think it was on the DS. Is that what you just said, DS? I said 3DS. Was it actually the DS? I think the DS. Damn, yeah. okay. Because it was using a really interesting technique of just like tapping the screen because all this game takes place with the action combat of like just literally like one or two button presses. Uh, so I think they were kind of like, you know, honing in on that with the, with this uh, DS, but yeah, so it came out a million years ago and this is this, a true sequel. Okay. Sequel. Okay. It's a sequel, but at the same time it plays very similar to the first one. Um, obviously there's some modern conveniences with the controller and you know, the bigger real estate on screen, um, I remember playing the first one on the DS, not playing it very long. Um, some of the same issues I had with that, I have with this one. But I wanted to bring it up just really quickly uh, because I think if you know something about it, you'd like it more. And I didn't know that like kind of going into it. But essentially, it is an action RPG, but very, I'm trying to think of another style, Persona-esque in the fact that it's very stylized and you know cartoony looking. Um, it's an action RPG, but very, very simple. So similar to the old school version, there's one or two main buttons you use for attacking. And then sometimes if you bring up a companion and, and they join you, that's a third button. But essentially what you're doing is just a ton of combos. So you're just hitting all those different buttons to do combos. Uh, but what is the game? You play as characters. Uh, you kind of play as a multitude of characters, but you start off as one. And you're in uh, Shibuya, but you're not really in Shibuya, Japan. You're in kind of a fake version of it. Let's call it a parallel dimension. And you can tell because all the other people in Shibuya, like the passerbys and stuff, are like ether real. Like you can walk through them. And so you're trying to figure out why you're here. And people say that you're playing a game and there's monsters that show up and you have to fight the monsters. And so your character is very confused. And if you don't have the information that I'm about to give you, you'd also be confused as a player. Because this new version, I feel like they told you in the old version quicker. This new version I played for a while, and they don't tell you what's going on. And I don't know if that's like, you know, probably by design to be like... Like in what? terms of the storytelling, like the world yeah. and stuff, you mean? Okay. Yeah, they're just like, no, this character has to keep fighting monsters. And now we met someone else who's here, and they have to fight monsters. And there's a game. What's this game about? I don't know. And then they just kind of go into stores and buy things. And it, it feels like they don't really give you anything to chew on when it comes to like why the fuck you're doing any of this for hours you know and the demo you can play up to level 15 which by the way very cool you can transfer it over to the final oh, game. i love when that happens yeah love when that happens and i am gonna go back because i'm gonna minor spoiler the game right now 
but I think it's very important that people know what this is. Okay. So minor spoiler for Neo world ends with you for the next two minutes. You are dead. (laughs) You're a dead character. You died. And all the other people that you meet in this fake world are dead. And you have to fight monsters to try to win to come back to life. That's a cool idea. Right. And how long is it in the demo before they tell you that they do? They haven't still. And the, oh, well, only, reason, the only reason I know is because I kind of remembered that from the old version. So I looked it up online and I went and found the anime. And in the anime. Oh, my God. What is happening right now? I know. I know. Hold on. The anime, which is on Funimation, you can watch it for free. Um, like in the first 10, 15 minutes of the anime, they explain it. They go, oh, we're not alive. Like we've got to fight our way back to reality. And in the video game, they didn't. This new version. So, so I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not because if you're if we're doing like Reddit posts and then combing Twitter and going to the anime and going to the Japanese website and translating and all this other extra work, maybe that's not actually what's happening in the game. Maybe it's maybe they're doing something different. No, I read. I watched one of the reviews. That's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I and I, that's again the other thing I did. I just went to YouTube and watched a review for this game, uh, and they kind of like helped explain it. I think in the review they even said watch the anime it'll help you know fill in some of the gaps I mean, are you supposed to like is that part of the experience like if you buy this game does it somewhere say please go watch this anime no because i bet you like in the next hour of me playing it maybe they'll probably finally bring it up it's just a long long time it seems okay. like because okay. you're doing like you know these adventures where you have to finish like a whole puzzle and stuff and they're still not telling you what's happening but I think it's by design. So anyways, I'm bringing it up because I kind of like it more now that I understand what the full premise is. Um, and the actual, you know, moment-to-moment gameplay is super easy and relaxing. What like, is it? So what does it feel like? What's it so like? It's like, okay, so you control your third-person character that looks like Persona style. And you control all of the characters at all, all the time. And they kind of do their own thing when you're not controlling them. But it, the AI is pretty shit. And is this um, like a JRPG kind of a thing, or like what? It's just like, action RPGs. There's no turn-based, right? So you're just running and and attacking, okay, right? with, okay, with these gotcha. simple buttons. Okay. And there's two layers. So the first layer is like such say it's just like the X button is one of the characters. Then the box button or square button will be the another character. Oh, so you can okay, literally okay. jump back and forth between them. You know. Gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. you have energy, so you can't just mash the button forever. Like you can mash it, let's say, eight times, and then it's, you're out of energy. So you have to switch to the other character. And if you have a companion, let's say that's like a, the right button, you know? And so you, the idea is you get in this flow state, which I like games that do that. And you're going like X, box, 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 X, X, right, you know, right trigger. And then you get these really interesting combos. And then the second layer that is really, really what's keeping me in is that you get all these different pins and the pins allow you to have different upgrades and, and kind of attack abilities. So, and then also, again, if you like Persona and games like... Um, what's it called yakuza where you're exploring japan right it's a again a very simplified cartoony version but you are going into different restaurants and ordering different ramen and you know putting on different clothes and going to different you know clothing districts and buying cool hats um so that stuff's in there too um yeah just be, be besides the story being so light and like they don't really tell you much it's relaxing and a, and a kind of fun fun game to play Hmm. Interesting. So, so you you played through the demo. How long is the demo? The demo. I haven't finished the demo. The demo goes up to level fifteen. So I don't know how many hours that is, but I played maybe a few hours already, and uh, that's when I went and jumped off and said, "What is this game about?" 
and went to the internet. But now that I understand it, um, I'm going to jump back in and, and try to finish it up, the demo. All right. And do you feel like you're going to save your data and go to the full version when it comes out? Like, are you liking it enough to, to go in on day one? I'm going to do what you do, and I guess the rest of the world normally does, and is not a Carlos thing to do. But I'm going to finish the demo, save my data, and I'm going to wait for it to go on sale. Oh, shit. What? Is that is not weird? in the Carlos playbook. What is going on? Well, because here's the thing. I like it enough. It kind of fit that perfect gap where, like, I like it enough. It, it is relaxing. I like the flow. But it's $60. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for this style of game. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, it yeah. doesn't feel like oh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla to me, which, of course, I'm biased. But it is not this huge, meaty thing. It's probably a long game, but it feels like it's got the bones of the DS version, you know? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. that game. It's like you open up your DS or you turn on your PlayStation, but you're still doing the same thing. You're hitting buttons. Um, and that's the whole game. You know, just running around hitting buttons. <laughs> As you do in video games. And that's what video games Run are around really. and hit buttons. You're let's running be, around let's and be hit clear, buttons. You hit buttons. So I like it enough, and I think that everybody should play the demo because it's free right now on PlayStation uh, and see if you dig it. And I think you should just go check out the first episode of the Funimation animation. Man. You know, I don't know. Dude. I know you're I, mad about that. I know you're mad. I'm a little bit mad because I, I have kind of a a grudge against games where they require you to go to outside sources in order to understand the game or to get, and you know, to get the full experience, right? Like, uh, uh, destiny did that for a long time where you had to go to like the destiny website to read the lore and to find out what the fuck the story was about. Or like any of those games, like the, the Japanese games do it a lot, right? Where they, they'll have an anime or some kind of like, you know, manga that you can go track down and that's got the piece of the story that you're missing. Final fantasy did that a lot with uh, certain things. So I'm just like, you know, if I bought your game, I want tell me everything I need to know in this game. Like, don't make me go to YouTube. Don't make me go to like track down some anime dealer. As that's me. I mean, maybe some people like the multimedia. You know, maybe they like getting into another a larger world and having all these different types of media to get into. I don't enjoy that, but that's just me. I mean, other people, if you like it, go for it. I get it. And to just kind of finish that thought, one, I'm sure, and I'll report back on the next episode whenever that whenever we do it. It that in the next hour, they'll probably give me this information that I went and hunted down, you know, but I was hunting it down because I wanted to have a reason to still play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I think that, yeah, they just paced it wrong. Like they could have. So let me know, ask you this. Let me ask you this. And if you hadn't taken the initiative, had not jumped onto Reddit or whatever, or, you know, whatever it is, and hadn't tracked down this anime, if you hadn't taken those steps, like, let's say that you're, let's say that you're in an airport somewhere and you don't have any Wi-Fi. All you have is like the the game you're playing, right? And if you hadn't had this outside information, would you have still played the game or was the anime the thing that gave you the will to continue? The anime is the thing that gave me the will to continue, but I was going to give it like another hour or so. so. Okay, so you would have been in for another hour and maybe at maybe that point you would have seen something to keep yeah. you in. Okay, all right. That's it's good an interesting thing, you know, like because I was going to say the last piece is even though I did this thing, uh, like you called it out, multimedia, and I was watching the anime today, I was like having a good time watching the anime. And I was like, oh, I like, I've talked about this on the show before, I love watching multimedia type experiences. You know, like I watch something and then play a game like it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was kind of cool. And I was like kind of happy that I went and did this little mission uh, outside of my game console because 
Yeah, I love. I'm a sucker for like watching something and then going over and playing something similar. And this, you can't get more similar. This is the same story almost. Absolutely. Um, okay. And and the, like the final thought is, what's really interesting, and I heard someone in a review said, because this was like ten or fifteen years ago, they do wrap up like storylines from that game. And that's like a double-edged sword because I won't have the full investment. Right. right? But for people who do, that's like a really cool thing. I mean, that's that's great. Number one, why didn't you wrap it up 15 years ago? Oh, Number geez. two, I mean, how many people? That's got to be a very small segment of people. So you have to it be is. careful because exactly yeah, like you yeah. said, you wrap up some story that half your audience doesn't know about. It's going to just be nonsense. So. But if I watch the anime, maybe I know that story. God, and then I Jesus. All right. That is Neo, The World Ends With You demo on PlayStation. I don't know where else it is. It's probably other Play places the demo. as well. Play the demo. Check it out. And that is going to do it for this show. Shorter show than usual because we are recording a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, but that's that's what happened. That's the deal. We all have to just move on with our lives and just. I love just, it. That's you know, what happened. Just, it's just it's what just, happened. It's a thing. Uh, a quick preview, though. I'm very excited. While you're gone, and um, in two days from now, at the time it's recording, the ascent comes out. Oh, I'm very excited for that. On, uh, I'm going to play it on Game Pass. You play it on Game yes, Pass? Yes, I'm going to play it on Game Pass. It's free on Game Pass, which is great because it's a brand new game, uh, cyberpunk top-down view. But waiting for another cyberpunk game, I could jump into while I don't have any dlc uh it looks good on its own right and very unique and also like diablo-esque uh so yes very excited about that we're we talking yeah, about it drops in three days so by the time you're listening to this podcast it is already available you can go download it from game go pass right it. now there go you go it. all right cool 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 uh once again folks reminder that we have our shirt shop designed by humans.com slash shop slash so video games buy a shirt send us a picture of you wearing the shirt or just let us know that you got one. Uh, it would be very appreciated. And otherwise, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, as usual, send us your thoughts, comments, questions, whatever. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at so video games, but you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Uh, Instagram.com slash it's a lot of things. <clears throat> Excellent. As for me, same as usual, Twitter, Instagram, mostly Twitter. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's. No O's. And that is going to do it for episode 243. Thanks again for joining us here on the So Video Games podcast. And the plan is that we will see you next Friday. How we are going to do that is TBD. Um, we may have to come up with some kind of long-distance solution, which probably shouldn't be too different than what we're doing now. So we'll get something together and we'll let you know. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And this is Buy a So Video Games t-shirt from Carlos. Oh! You can just go buy one. You can buy one. I see what you did there. It's a buy. Double entendre. I got it. All right.